The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Daily Podcast. I'm Katie Max, joined here with Will Brinson and JLC, Jason LaComfort. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello, Monday. For those of you who missed the last episode, we looked at some player props while playing the game of The Line is Right. It was actually very fun. That was a Brinson special. Today, we're going to look at each uh, not each, but which week one lines we like the most. JLC, how was your weekend? Uh, not bad. All baseball, 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 minor league baseball, MLB baseball, and youth baseball. I wouldn't have it mm. any other way. How about you guys? Mine was good with no baseball whatsoever in it. And I actually like it that that way. Rinson? <laughs> Uh, I didn't have any baseball either, but I would have been I would have been fine with baseball. I love baseball. I, I gotta be honest, I haven't um I've been to a Nats game this year. Haven't been haven't been watching a ton of baseball this year. Uh, the pitch clock is really interesting. It's speeding things up for sure. Um I don't know I don't know what sparked this lack of interest in baseball for me this year. Like usually I'm a Not big even baseball guy. Yeah, Aren't Wolf Pack. Well, I, like I watch some college state? baseball. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Braves fan, but like we I mean, I just haven't um I don't know what it is. I mean, it might be maybe because we're not. I don't do as much fantasy baseball as I used to. Um, I also don't have a Too baseball team. Like rather than ball, could be the golf. Could be the golf. Yeah. Could Too be much golf. golf. That would be my first guess. Too much golf. Right. right. Yeah. Golf. Yes. Golf taking precedence over baseball for sure. Also, I, we don't have a base. I don't like Riley didn't exactly. You know, we have the Bulls over in Durham. They're great games to go to, but like a little more of a production yeah. than popping down to Camden Yards, uh, which you can do for for you know. Like pretty with ease, some ease, right? So, Brinson, your son's ease. not playing baseball, Absolutely. then. What's that? Your son's not playing baseball. It's not one of his uh, sports. No, he's no, he's lax and uh, and and soccer and basketball. He's not baseball. Ah, I he love like, it. He's not right, a guys. huge fan. Not a huge fan of the hard round ball being thrown in his face. 
<laughs> I could make a joke there, but I'm not going to. All right. Uh, let's move on. To, it was a clue. By the way, it was a clueless joke. It was a joke from the movie Clueless. It has nothing to do with your son, but we're still going to move on from that and talk some football right now. And week one early leans. Now, JLC, I will tell you when the week one schedule first came out, we had a pod uh, after that night. We kind of guessed what some of the lines were. And we talked about some of our first uh, or our favorite first matchups and, and gave some early leans there. But now that we have you, our sports line, God, if you will, uh, we really want to dig into it now. So what are your top um, week one matchups and lines or leans uh, that you like right now? Um, well, I think Patrick Mahomes is a godlike quarterback. And mm. I, I think that uh, Andy Reid is a godlike uh, Hall of Fame coach. And I, I feel like this Lions hype train has gotten crazy. You can still yes. get Kansas City if you shop around minus six and a half. I don't know, guys. I'm old enough to remember last season when Tyreek Hill left and the Chiefs were still the best team in football. <laughs> and I'm old enough to remember the Detroit Lions um, like yeah. really struggling to hold leads and falling apart in the second half of games. And I don't know. Like Kansas City had a plus 42 second half scoring margin. Andy Reid has a whole offseason to prepare for the Lions and, and what they bring. They're is the coronation of the best team in football, right? They've got that going for them. It is a different stage than this Lions team is accustomed to. And the Detroit Lions, I'm just checking my notes here last year, second half of football games, and we know what Andy Reid, the adjustments he can make at halftime. Lions were 29th in the league, allowing a 98.3 quarterback rating in the second half of games Oof. last year. 18 passing touchdowns allowed in the second half. Uh of games that was bottom of the league as well 25th i'm sorry 31st in yards per attempt um in the second half of games kansas city meanwhile in the second half number two in the league in yards per attempt 16 passing touchdowns that was fourth in the league i think the lions can keep this close for a while maybe guys but i, I just think that we're looking at arguably the best team in football again in kansas city with plenty of motivation for me, six and a half isn't nearly enough to scare me off of this. Um, I like Jacksonville well, I, minus three and a half. I was going to say, I was going to just you guys jump in on talk Casey. I got Casey on my list too. So I figured why not talk about it now rather than double down, yeah. right? Like the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, four and one against the spread as a starter in week one games with Andy Reid. Obviously, because he's been the coach the entire time there. Andy Reid off the bye has been a thing on the Pick Six podcast. We've been singing it from you remember JLC. The, the we'll do the Andy Reid oh, off yeah. the bye. Hey, well, what about Andy Reid has an entire <laughs> offseason to prepare? That's a big ass bye that he's got to yeah. uh, to prep. You talk about the the Lions. I think that to me is like the biggest difference. This Chiefs team, and you heard Tyreek Hill. I think he said it either like Monday morning or Sunday, or like some sometime in the last like week. But he's like. I might go for 2,000 yards. I got the most accurate quarterback in football. Like, he's giving them free motivation. He keeps, like, talking about it. Like, and talking about how like, good to is. The, the Chiefs want to point out again to the entire world that even if Tyreek Hill leaves, we can still win. And you heard Travis Kelsey after the Super Bowl, you know, a bunch of jabronis or the AFC Championship game, whatever. Well, yeah, the AFC Championship game. Bunch of jabronis because it was Nance up there. And, like, <laughs> this, this Lions team is really good and they're really fun and they could be successful this year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. No. Like the hype yeah. train for a, a, a team that is being led by, like, I like a lot about the Lions. 
Sure. Why wouldn't you? I'm on St. Brown, Jameson Williamson. He comes back yep. from his gambling suspension. Jared Goff playing some great football. Uh, Ali McNeil is my dude on the other side of the ball. They they bolstered the you know they added the, the Jameer Gibbs to the run game, but it's like this is a quintessential case of a team that is has never won really in the history of its franchise is being hyped up as a possible favorite to or like one of the like top four favorites to win the NFC all of a sudden. Yeah. And is going to Arrowhead Stadium to play the defending Super Bowl champions, who I promise you will take it as an affront that the Lions are getting this headline material and that they are being propped up as this this up and coming young team. And like the only time that Mahomes didn't cover, I think he like failed to cover like a point or something like that in an opener against the Browns a few years ago. Um, I think the, I think the Chiefs love shopping it for six and a half. I think the Chiefs are like my favorite bet of all of Week One, Katie. I love it too. I have a play on the total in that game, which I'll get into when I get into my bets. But JLC, you said so many interesting things about the second half of that game and basically how the Lions kind of implode in the second half and how clutch the Chiefs are. And if you think that the Lions can kind of keep this close for a while, this might be one where you live bet it and and just hammer the Chiefs in the second half of the game if the Lions um, are able to keep it a little bit close. So thank you for that, because that's definitely something that I will look forward to. Yes, I, I could see me having that conversation with Casilius right now. I'm, I'm already <laughs> seeing it in my head yeah. as we sit there at <laughs> halftime of this one, inevitably. And absolutely, I, I took a lot of other teams to cover second half against the Lions, especially in the second half of last season when it, it just they just hemorrhaged passing yards in the second half. Um, Jacksonville minus three and a half. I mean, there's analytics we could get into, but here's the reality. I'm going to fade the owner of the Indianapolis Colts as long as I well. can. I will fade the hunky tongue man. The hunky tongue so man, man. man is a new quarterback. The hunky tongue man has been sweating that quarterback for a long time. The hunky tongue man last year was telling them which quarterbacks to play when. Who do you think starting opening day, whether he's really, really ready or whether he's not? Whoever the hunky tuck man wants to start, right? <laughs> You've got a coaching imbalance here. It, it's a brave new world for a lot of that staff in Indianapolis. Um, I, I think Jacksonville is a tough matchup for them week one. Um, and I think Jacksonville grew up last year as a franchise and learned a lot of things. And they've got a coach who will preach to them all summer long. We play in a crappy division. Don't you dare take any of those teams for granted. We need all those wins we can get. And I just think this is a very tough spot for Indianapolis. I know the owner will meddle. Um, I, I, and I think Jacksonville's going to run away with that division. And I think it really starts right here. I'm not buying much about the Indianapolis Colts right now. Like, I don't think they solved all that ailed them in one draft. And like, what have they done besides that draft to really get better? Um, JLC, I'll tell you. Oh, just real quick, obviously way, way early. So it's not like there's a ton of bets coming in, but right now 94% of money is on Jacksonville in that game. That's super square, but I, it's I too, just. No, but it's too early. Not everybody has bet yet. We got Spock in the uh, chat saying that only serious space cadets bet this early. Serious bettors bet this early, Spock. Um, but yeah, and 94% of the smart bettors are already on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I just think you're going to – that situation for the Colts and that coaching staff, I think they're in for a surprise. This is a different owner than they're used to entirely. And I think he got so emboldened last year, I don't see that changing 
with a rookie head coach now? Like how much pushback is there going to be? I think there'll be a lot of pressure to get that kid ready to make it look good week one. I don't think it's going to look too good week one. Long term, I, I, I think all the potential in the world, but that's a tough, that's a tough uh, spot. Philadelphia, four and a half over New England. Bill Belichick's defenses have struggled with mobile quarterbacks. I can't get visions of that Chicago game last October out of my head where mm. Justin Fields had nobody to throw the ball to and like nothing going right for a while. And then they scored what? 23 straight points. I think to win that game. I, I just last year, New England bottom nine and yards before contact allowed to quarterbacks. They didn't face that many elite rushing quarterbacks. Uh, when they do, I think they suffer. And also this early in a season, I'm looking to see who's the speediest team, who's the twitchiest team, and because heat and humidity and all that in any part of the country could be an issue, who's the deeper team? And the Eagles check all those boxes, and I think the Eagles can get deep into their rotation and be just fine. Um, and I don't really buy Bill O'Brien either. Like, I don't think this Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones thing is going to go all that well. So give me Philadelphia. Um, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow has struggled against the Browns. I think that ends. I think built into this line is the fact that you look at Burrow weeks one through four, it's not pretty. Um, but again, he came into one year off an ACL, right? And he had the appendectomy thing going on last year and the horrible game against Pittsburgh. I don't think they're taking the Browns lightly. He's been sacked the most in his career by the Cleveland Browns. Well, they've changed and upgraded their offensive line. And Orlando Brown, he's got his faults, but he's battled with Miles Garrett plenty of times in that division. I think Joe Burrow will be at ease. I think they will carve up the Browns. I don't buy Deshaun Watson. And Lou Anarumo will shut them down. Uh, and then Carolina on the money line. I like Carolina. I just think there's not a lot of not enough values being placed on them for coach of the year, for rookie of the year, for win total, to win the division. I feel like Vegas is soft on them. And I don't necessarily buy Atlanta. I, you can you can go sign a bunch of guards and safeties. I don't think that makes you an infinitely better football team. It's great that you got that running back. I don't buy your quarterback. Carolina's got the better coach. Carolina's you're quickly going to find out has the better quarterback. Carolina should have beat them the first game last year. They called the Fugazi penalty on DJ Moore, and then Carolina <laughs> beat them up so bad that they finally moved on to Desmond Ritter. Right? It was. I wasn't in Carolina on that rainy Thursday night game, and they beat the snot out of Mariota, and they finally had a had to play Desmond Ritter, who they did not want to play. They finally got shamed into doing it by that team, <laughs> and that team's better now. And Desmond Ritter was looking so awesome at practice that it took him. Mariota pooping the bed on national television for them <laughs> finally to move on to him, where he looked marginal. So buy that Atlanta hype if you want. I think Carolina's being slept on. I like Carolina. On, on the on the Panthers, I got the Panthers uh, plus three on my on my two, and I'm high on the Falcons. I actually had the Falcons win like ten games, and I like I, I get what you're saying. Like I, I don't think it's because Desmond Ritter's going to magically transform into some like awesome you know 2004 Peyton Manning style. I think he's going to be like. Like Ryan Tannehill for the Titans, like when they won, you know, they won defense, run the ball. Like that's what Arthur Smith wants to do. And I think the one concern I have about my Atlanta love is that that formula is not. It's like you 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 shrink your margins when you play with that formula, right? Yeah. Like you're 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 putting yourself at the, at the hands and the mercy of the football gods because if they decide to give you bad fumble luck or bad injury luck or just you know weird random stuff that happens over the course of the season uh you could end up losing several games where you should have won like for instance that first panthers game they I mean the falcons i mean the, the panthers should have won but the falcons probably should have won because they shouldn't have given up that throw to pg yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like that was it. That was it. That was one of the games of the year too. Too bad it was like between two terrible teams. I think both those teams are going to be heavily involved in in the NFC South this year. I got the Panthers plus three as as one of my bets, just because. Again, look at the two teams we're talking about. The the Falcons are going to try and win on these thin margins, running the ball and trying to play defense and keep it like 16, 13 games. And Carolina's probably not going to come out slinging the ball with Bryce Young early, mostly because we've seen how Frank Reich's been. He's been largely conservative, but I do think that they have the better quarterback. And I think they improved the offensive line enough. They got a couple of NC State guys on that line. And, you know, if if you can, you, you know, You've got a running game. I think that's going to be better than people expect, especially with what Frank Reich's done in the past with his running game. That coaching staff is elite. They got a lot yeah. of players on defense. And Panthers catching three in a divisional game where we've seen things be close between those teams, uh, to me, looks like a good bet. I like the Tennessee Titans as well. I'm not, we're just supposed to take a break, right? I can give out my bets, right? No, give them all. Give okay. them all. Because you're done, JC, right? Or JLC? Yeah. That's all I yeah. got. Yeah, I was just picking up off of JLC since he since he yeah. wrapped and I had the Panthers pick, too. Pick it up. Um, Titans plus three and a half at the Saints. I'm not buying this Saints team. By the way, this NFC yeah. South, like I like, I think the NFC South is going to be like horrendously fun to watch. But Carolina or Atlanta could run away with it. To be perfectly honest, like the Saints went seven and ten last year, and I know that they made this huge upgrade with Derek Carr, but like nobody really wanted him. And the Raiders cut. I mean, and the Raiders cut him. The Raiders moved on from him to go get. No offense, Katie. Broken foot, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like <laughs> this, this is like this. Is not like uh, I mean, Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr is not going to go to New Orleans. People like us, oh, Derek Carr. I love it, Michael Thomas. This Saints team could be explosive. <laughs> it's like why is this Saint? This Saints team hasn't been good on offense since Drew Brees left. No offense, Sean Payton, and definitely hasn't been good since Sean Payton left. And I don't think that a Dennis Allen coach team is going to be an elite offensive team. I think the other part of this, I don't love Tennessee this year. I think everybody, rightfully so, fading the Titans with the way that their offense is set up. But their defense is still good, and they can get pass rush home, and they have a good secondary. This is a Titans team that's, again, going to try to win games 16-13. Derrick Henry can pound the ball, and I think Mike Vrabel is just a much, much better coach. Like He's an underrated head coach in this league, and I think he'll get the Titans ready to go getting three and a half in New Orleans. Uh, a, a good look for me. The Bills minus one. The Bills are just being... Bills are being disrespected this offseason. Everybody's getting this. The Rodgers hype, I get it. Rodgers came out slinging in week one, but there's usually an adjustment period for these new quarterbacks who move on. Um, the, the Bills are a well-coached team. Yeah, they can't get past the Chiefs, but like that's like, you know, again, I always make the Pistons and the Bulls argument for the 90s. You know, it's it's tough to do. I think Buffalo knows they're, they're, they're the three-time defending AFC champion, and they're being treated like the second best team in the division because Aaron Rodgers is there and is getting all the attention. I think they will be a little bitter about that. And then I'm back in the Rams plus five and a half uh, against the Seahawks. I think Seattle's probably the better team, but I think Sean McVay is will be extremely motivated uh, to come out and, and have this team ready to play. Matthew Stafford will be healthy. Cooper Cup will be healthy. Five and a half, just too much in that divisional matchup. The, I like the Bills it. almost made the cut for me. Like that's one that, that stands out. I, I'm totally with you there. Um, I know that that Josh Allen, if you, you look at the numbers, he struggled a little, uh, you know, against the Jets versus, you know, other teams. Um, still nine and six against them. And I just think Buffalo is going to stifle them. Like, I don't even know that it's going to be about Josh Allen having to run for 100 yards and throw for 300. I'm not buying Aaron Rodgers in his first game in this new offense with all this new newness no. around him and all these expectations. The guy who looked like he was broken down the second half of last year and really hit the wall 
really by the playoffs the year before, like I'm not buying that he's coming out and essentially going to win this football game. No. No, not against the Bills. I'm not high on the Bills in the postseason just because I've been burned so much, but especially for this first game. And Aaron Rodgers has started off slow the last couple seasons yeah. on offense. I know this is a different team, but that's something to consider. Uh, all right, here are my picks. So I lean towards the Chiefs as well. And JLC, you gave some really good points there. So I'm definitely going to be live betting the second half and hope that the uh, the Lions can keep this close. But I actually like the under 54. And I believe I already talked about this on the show. And both of you guys were a little bit worried about it. And this is mostly based on trends. Unders are king in the first couple weeks of the season. Thursday nights, the unders are king since 2000. The unders hit in 53% of week one games on Thursday night with a total of 50 or greater last year. The under hit in 78% of games. Yes, it is the Chiefs. And yes, it is the Lions who were able to put up a lot of points last year. Um, but I still think 54 is a high number. So I'm going to lean on this under uh, and then I'm looking at the commanders <laughs> and the Cardinals and I'm taking the six uh, or laying the six rather with the commanders. This is one of those like perfect examples of an NFL game or a week one matchup that nobody really cares about. Like nobody's that excited about it for Don't regular NFL watch fans. It. but betters there's some value here. Like both of yes. these teams were awful, you know, last year. And they haven't played since 2020, where the Cardinals actually beat the uh, Washington football team. That's what they were called back then in 2020, uh, 30 to 15. And they actually covered a seven-point spread pretty easily. Um, but it's going to be rough, I think, uh, for both of these teams to move the ball specifically. Ineffective offenses. I do give the commanders a little bit of edge here, both ranked in the bottom third in points per game, yards per game, and yards per play last season. But the Cardinals were worse. They allowed the 31st most points per game and the 26th worst touchdown margin per game. And they're not getting any better this year. So six points with the commanders. This line could move even more, I think. So it's good to grab it right now. Any thoughts on that? Because I feel like we were getting jazzed. The uh, Cardinals Cardinals are the heck out of the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, like I, I would fade the card. I, I, I would fade the Cardinals until they show me that the spread has actually gotten to an appropriate measure where, you know, you can't make money doing that anymore. Like I will m- consider that to be a hot streak in the making until proven <laughs> otherwise. I mean, we yeah. it might be October, and you can Google Cardinal schedule, and the St. Louis Cardinals will still show up. Like, like even like even like NFL season, like usually like, and the St. Louis Cardinals I don't think are very good this year either. I mean, like obviously I'm not following baseball, uh, but like. Arizona, I mean, I'm trying to think. We get um unfortunately it's preseason, we get the 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 Chiefs against the 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 Cardinals. I'm just trying to think like what the largest spread is gonna be if this team is as bad as we think. I mean, at San Francisco week four, if the 49ers come out and look good early on in the season, that could be 14 points. If yeah. the Cardinals yeah. we just, and we're assuming here Kyler Murray's not gonna be coming back anytime soon. Like I would be, I mean, they play the Bengals in week five at home. Like I, I mean, JLC, do you have any any idea? Like, I mean. Have you heard anything relative to like what they might do with Kyler in terms of a timeline? Because I would guess that they would be inclined to like, you really don't want him to get re-injured and you have a situation where you can't cut him next offseason if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll be <laughs> rushing him back. I don't think he's a part of their long-term plans. Um, no. Yeah. Look, I was screaming fade the Cardinals going into last season and they had that ridiculous win over the Raiders, but then they – quickly became who I thought they would be. Although I wish I didn't have as much money on that game against the Raiders as I did. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
with you. Bad memories. Uh, Dom in the chat uh, says the loss is always linger along um, the winds. <laughs> but yes, I don't buy that operation. I, I, yeah, I don't buy the Cardinals football operation whatsoever. That they're going to be in the tank for a while. It's not about winning games. It's not about maximizing Kyler Murray. It's about spinning through this calendar year, jettisoning Murray somewhere, getting all the picks they can for everybody else at the deadline, and then going Gonzo in the draft next year. Well, and, yeah, and the I thing agree. too and is this- like, well, you know, they, I mean, you have a new GM, you have a new head coach. Like, the ownership understands how, like, where they are, and that they're not going to win right now. I, like, I genuinely believe that that like, the current regime has sold the Bidwells on, like, hey, look, this is going to stink this year, but we're you're, like, they're still playing Cliff Kingsbury for like the next four years. Like, they, I mean. You're spending like forty million dollars on GM coaches, GMs and coaches per year, and then like, and then like, however you factor in like what what your cost for Kyler is, it's insane. It's insane. So that's my one favorite that I'm going to do because I feel like that line will get over a touchdown as we get closer to Week One. So you might as well just lay the six right now, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to take the Bucks plus the six and a half versus the Vikings. Now, both teams, of course, underperformed in the postseason last year. The Bucks lost Tom Brady for Baker Mayfield, but he still has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, so it's not like he doesn't have good weapons there. I feel like they've done some work on the O-line. It seems to be a little bit more refurbished. Um, and the Vikings... <laughs> The Vikings are due for some regression here. They've won. They've lost some notable players, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Zadarius Smith. They were, what, 11-1 and in single possession games or single score games last year. So you already know that they're on the downside of regression there. And fading the Vikings last year for any of the, like, the analytics nerds or the analytics crowd, that was a fan favorite because they were winning these single possession games as heavy favorites. So I feel like that's going to continue this year. And I'm going to go with the Bucks uh, plus the six and a half. All right, moving on. I'm on the other side of this one uh, with you, JLC, and I'm going to take the points with the Patriots. Uh, I believe it's five now versus the Eagles. This one's just interesting to me because the line opened up, I believe, at three and a half with Philly being the favorite, and it's moved to five. This is one of those ones where the line has actually moved. And the reason I like this one is it's Tom Brady's post-retirement homecoming at Gillette Stadium. Brady's return might as well be like their in-season Super Bowl when so many eyes are going to be on them. And you know that Billy B is going to have his ducks in a row, particularly on defense. And look, I think that the Eagles are arguably one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFC this year. But I do think they're due for a little bit of regression. I don't think they're going to win as many games this year. And certainly their schedule is harder. They might need a week or two to shake off the Super Bowl loss. I don't know if we'll see the best version of them in week one. And I just know that Bill Belichick's Belichick's, uh, defense as a home dog is just, I think he could keep this close. So I'm going to take those points. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Philly comes out uh, and and wins this game handedly. But I just, I like the value in taking the points with Belichick. Pat's Pat's just barely missed my, my, uh, my slot too. And it's not because like, you know, I think that, I mean, the Bill O'Brien thing, I do, I mean, he is an upgrade. Like, he's just an upgrade. Even if you don't yeah. like Bill O'Brien, he's just, like, yeah. a, a, like, this cup would be an upgrade at offensive coordinator. 
with this pin, like if like if the, if you took, got rid of Matt Patricia and replaced it with this cup, and then Joe Judge was this pin, like they would both be upgrades from those two guys with the Patriots last year. Bill O'Brien worked with Mac Jones a little, you know, worked with him in Alabama before when he came on, and was uh, Mac helped him learn the offense. So I think we'll see the best version of the Patriots at least early on, or a better version of the Patriots. I don't know that necessarily be good, but I think that the, we'll see we'll get a decent version early on. Yeah, and I think that the defense is going to be playing. I mean, it's all defense, right? Because the the offense doesn't have a whole lot to uh, to work with. But yeah, I think that Bill Belichick can keep this close. So I'm taking those points. All right, coming up, we're going to look at some NFL season specials with odds on who will have the most wins and losses next season. Remember to hit that like button, subscribe on our YouTube channel, and comment on this video. And to get access to a pro football Hall of Famer like you've never seen before, our friends over at the All Things Covered podcast chatted with a normally shy Steelers legend, Troy Paloma. Pal- oh my God, Palomalo. Wow. Go, 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 Mox. On the most recent episode and is one that you don't want to miss, BMAC and Pat P uncover all sides of Troy as the ultimate competitor yearning for respect from Pittsburgh legends, the guy who rarely got mad, but when he lost it, he really lost it. And the sneaky prankster on the Steelers side, catch the conversation where you find your podcasts on the All Things Cover podcast YouTube channel. We'll be right back. You're watching Pick 6. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They say patience is a virtue. But for some things, we can't wait. Palomalo. Sorry, guys. I, uh butchered his uh, name there. But now we're going to talk some season specials here. And, and Billy, are we going to have these odds pull up? Um, first, we're going to talk about who will have the most wins in the NFL this season, uh, kind of based on the odds. So could go chalk, probably looking more for um, some long shots here. JLC, what are you thinking? I'm thinking the Jacksonville Jaguars. They play in what is probably the worst division. If it's not, then the worst division is the NFC South. And I would say it is the NFC South is the worst division because Jacksonville's not in it. So, I mean, I look at that, that feels like a pretty good subsidy. This is a team that last year learned to believe in itself, learn how to win games, learn how to come from behind, even when they weren't at their best and win games against decent operations like Baltimore, like Dallas. Um, plus 1,500? I like it. I, I think they're going to legitimately, because of the gauntlet other teams have to go through in the AFC, other teams that we would say are among the top five or six, and you compare the schedules. I mean, you even look, you know, out outliers. Well, they play the 49ers, 
but Jacksonville catches them when Jacksonville's coming off a bye. Like, I just think things set up pretty well for them. They do have talent. They do have a legitimate coaching staff. And I think that one seed is going to be within reach and that they're going to chase it. And they're going to be chasing it, playing lesser teams quite often than the Chiefs will be playing any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. You know, than the Bengals will. So I see value there. Um, and again, it, it just go look at their schedule and compare it to some other teams. And if you were buying what you saw from them down the stretch last year, uh, then I think this might be a pretty good way to pick up and uh, maybe make a little money. Jaguars, most wins. You know, Nick Costas, our old pal. Uh, I was on uh, You Better You Bet with him like earlier this offseason. And um, he's like, the Jaguars could go 15 and two. I was like, what are you doing? Which is, <laughs> I mean, that would, that would be good for your bet. It's not that, but 13 probably gets it done. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, you see these numbers, and you can see on the screen most regular season wins, and it's Chiefs four to one, Eagles five to one, Bengals seven and a half to one, Bills seven and a half to one. It's like the Jaguars are sort of an outlier here at 15 to one, but it's because of their division more than anything, I think, right? Like, you're getting six games where if you are a legitimate, uh, you know, you're taking that step forward, you're, you're taking that step moving forward, and you are a, uh, a, a team that, you know, you feel like can actually make a deep playoff run, you're going to beat the crap out of that bad division. Like you should, you should get four to get five wins. Yeah. Right. Right. But I'm saying like you get, you get the AFC's out twice. Like you have four right. to five, four to five wins. Like the, the schedule is the reason why the Jaguars are, are right there. That like the, 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 the matchups that they get, I'm going to go way down the board. I know you dog this team. That's fine. I'm going to take the Falcons at 55 to one to have the most regular season wins. I feel like that's probably wow. a little, probably still a little short. Like it should be like 70 to one yeah. for the Falcons. Yeah. Um, actually, now that I look at it, I didn't even, where are the Panthers on here? Panthers are 150 to one. Actually, I'm going to pivot and go Panthers. I'm going to Panthers 150 yeah, to one. The Panthers shouldn't be three times Atlanta. Yeah, no, don't you? No, dude, but the Falcons schedule, I would have both of those. The Falcons schedule is so ridiculously easy. The Panthers are at 150 to one. I mean, the the whole deal here is that the NFC is just completely watered down, and that you're especially in the NFC South. You know, if you could if you sweep that division and you could pick up some other wins like along the way, like it is not out of the question at all for an NFC team to steal this. Mainly because you're going to have a bunch of AFC teams battling each other for those for that top spot, and I think it's just, you're just probably not going to see an AFC team go like fifteen and two. No, you probably got to win fourteen games. 13, 14 games have most the most wins here. So it's a, t- it's a tough ask for either Carolina or Atlanta. Uh, but I, I like both of those teams for, for most wins. I like that. Um, I think obviously going chalk with uh, the Chiefs is never a bad bet. Obviously, four to one, not great odds there. But what they've gotten 12 wins in back to back seasons, they haven't gone below that. Again, I do think that the Eagles are going to have a little bit um, of regression. I wouldn't take anybody actually in the NFC East because I feel like they're all just going to beat up on each other and maybe split. Um, split the games in division there. And then when I go down the board, you know, I, I know I'm a 49ers fan. It is interesting at plus 800, just because the NFC West is so bad that the 49ers could just almost sweep their entire division. Now I do know that Seattle Seahawks are very good, but you know, we have been doing pretty good against them recently. So that's interesting, but I actually like the Ravens at 12 to one here because you've got Lamar Jackson who's coming back. You got a new offensive coordinator. You got Zay Flowers. You got OBJ. I think that the Ravens could make a really big splash in their division. I said earlier that one of the 
um, bets that I like coming into this season is that that division could win the Super Bowl, the AFC North. So the Baltimore Ravens at 12 to one, I think there's some good value there. What do you think, JC? Because, or JLC, because you're a, you know, a Baltimore guy. I think you'll know pretty soon because they, they get, um, you know, they, they basically get the bye week, week one, and then they faced all three divisional opponents on the road, bam, bam, bam. And then they've got that early London game yep. and they're not getting the buy off that London game. Um, and I believe it might be, I'm trying to think who they play off that by someone from the AFC South. It might be, it's either Tennessee or Jacksonville, either way, like they've got a bit of a gauntlet there. Um, the early season schedule will be tough. And again, it's rare that you see you play three straight road games and you play them all against division foes. So I, I think we'll know by October, um, you know, if they can sustain there, then things ease up for them. But it's a really late buy for them, too. I feel like their schedule I, – I think they're one of the teams that got hurt the most, honestly, by, by the schedule, schedule maker. I think they make three West Coast trips. Like, they know, they never put any of the West Coast games together so they could, like, stay and, you know, knock out San Francisco and L.A. together, right? They've got a separate trip to Phoenix. they got a separate trip to L.A. They've got a separate trip for San Francisco. Um, on paper, like, before it came out, I felt like there, there might be some value there, maybe more value there. But I didn't think the schedule makers did them any favors. Well, and speaking of that, the 49ers traveled the most amount of yards, I think, of of any team. So that will certainly play into them. All right. So who's going to have the fewest wins in the NFL? The Arizona Cardinals are the favorite at plus 200. Seems like good money to me, but they're uh, obviously then you got the Houston Texans plus 800 uh, bucks at plus 900. The Commanders plus a thousand. Then you got the Rams, Raiders, Colts. Uh, where are you taking us here, JLC? I mean, I would probably just go chalky here. Like yes. for, for me, where where we are in the NFL, like who really wants to tank the most? Like who is committed to punting on this season? And the Houston Texans are still in that mode, but they've just punted on three seasons. So, like at a certain point, you, you need to show a little something. They also gave up their first round. They also gave up their first round pick to Arizona's too. So, like yeah, and, and like they hired two straight coaches who people in the industry knew they were being hired to be fired. Like they were stepping stones until they got to someone who they felt like was going to take them out of the abyss. And they're there now with Miko Ryans. And I don't think that he's going to stand for them, frankly, tanking anymore. So while you look at their talent and say they still have a ways to go, um, you know, the Bucks kind of intrigue me a little bit as well. Um, but I think players like Todd Bowles and Todd Bowles is kind of fighting for his coaching career. And that division is so bad that I would just go Arizona. I think Washington, that looks a little off to me. Um, really, anybody in the AFC South other than Jacksonville, you can make a case for, but I'll go Arizona, Will. Uh, I went Tampa Bay uh, here at 9-1, to one, and like I, and I don't disagree with you that, that the players like Bowles and that they – that he – I mean, this, you know, this is, this is it. You know, you lose your – yeah, you know, very rarely do we see somebody, a veteran coach, a defensive-minded veteran coach, get that third look. Like John Fox and Lovey Smith are the two, the two guys who really come to mind there. And and neither was like you know inspiring. It was sort of like, all right, gotta hire somebody. Yeah, this guy feels safe. Um, Todd Bowles, given just I mean, like you look at what that offense did 
with Bowles making the decisions with Tom Brady last year, and they just were like lacked complete aggression. Everything you saw under Bruce Arians, you know, he would punt in in spots where you just like 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 even conservative coaches would go for it. And now with Baker Mayfield in there and, and or Kyle Trask, it does sound like Baker is just the guy. But you know, I with a bad Baker behind a bad offensive line with. Even with good receivers, maybe really frustrated good receivers, and a defense where you've got Devin White's that asked for a trade, and I don't know, man. The, the division, I agree, is the one thing that scares me a little bit here because if the Saints, Panthers, or Falcons, if one of those teams isn't very good, the Bucks could steal some wins. Uh, but I like the Bucks at nine to one. I don't, I don't disagree whatsoever that Arizona at two to one. Like Arizona, I, it, when you said Arizona, like I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought when the odds were brought up, like we'd see like minus one, like bright green yeah. lettering minus one thirty-five or something like that. You know, like or my, minus one fifty um, for Arizona, given where given where it is. So uh, I don't mind Arizona there either. Yeah, I'm going Arizona. I just I I don't even know how I they think they're under five wins at this point. And Will, you had said earlier that that could drop even to four and a half and to maybe yeah. grab the value there because you don't even know if they'll win that many games. All right, now let's look at um, teams to go 17 and 0, which is pretty much not happening. And that's why these odds are so don't, grand. Don't bet this. Don't bet this. Don't, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites here at plus 3,500. Then you got the Bills and the Niners at plus 6,500. Actually, the Bengals with them as well. And then the Cowboys. I mean, one, I don't think anybody's doing this. If I had to put money on it, I would say Kansas City because, you know, I already said they're going to have the most wins. I just think like the if you, if you took a seventeen game like, um, like progressive parlay where you just bet the Bengals money line every week and right. just, like it would pay out better than sixty five to one. Yes, for seventeen weeks, you know it's like the it'd be fun this to have this. I, right, I mean like teams just don't go. Nobody's going seventeen and zero. Um, you know we've seen what the Dolphins did it in the seventy two, and then the Patriots did it in uh, two thousand seven. It doesn't happen. There's way too much parody in the NFL. Um, there's too much week to week. Uh, you know, the, the 17 games makes it even harder because now you have an extra game you have to play for injury. Uh, you look at the Eagles and the 49ers, like there's a really good chance that those teams don't play anybody in week 18 because they've got things clenched. Right. No, it's 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 just you just shouldn't bet this. It's not a it's I'm not giving any more time. <laughs> now, is this where I would say I think the Eagles could go five and zero though? Yeah, that works. Is that yeah, easy? yeah. Yeah, we're we're moving because, on to that. Yeah, I I look plus four fifty for five straight wins is not, I guess on its on the surface like awesome value, but they open at New England. We've talked about that game a lot. Whatever wherever you are on the spread, I think the Eagles win that football game. Um, they get Minnesota at home on a Thursday night, which I feel like they they got them in prime time week two last year. Um, it's a worse Minnesota team. Like, I don't I don't see a problem there. They go to Tampa Bay. Will thinks Tampa Bay is arguably the worst team in football. I'll give them the W there. <laughs> Washington could be a little tricky. Washington, you know, was, was a team that derailed them last year and beat them in prime time. But I think there's a lesson learned from that. And I still, you know, we're talking Sam Howe against Jalen Hurts. And then they go out to L.A. They, they've been a streaky team in general. You know, you go back to the year where they changed the offense for Hurts. It, it flipped on a switch. They got very hot, reeled off a bunch of wins. Obviously, they started hot last year. Um, I know there is a Super Bowl hangover, but I feel like the schedule maker did them a solid here. So I'll go Eagles to go 5-0 and plus 450. 
Well, do you also like them, JC, then to be the last team to be undefeated? Eagles are plus 750 in that category. I I don't really want to like that's another one that just feels like, man, we're really, you know, getting out there and yeah. Somebody there'll probably be a couple of teams that are seven oh, eight no. Now we're looking at week nine, week ten matchups in July. Well, we're not even in July yet, it's June. So uh yeah, I'm just gonna stay with the five straight. The Bengals have a the Bengals are eight 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 and a half to one to to be the last uh last undefeated team. You look at their schedule and they get at Cleveland, Baltimore, Rams at home, at Tennessee, at Arizona, Seattle at home before their week seven bye. Like that's an early enough, you know, like that, yeah, that would be the I think that'd be the bigger fear with the Eagles is like look at that Bengals skin. Like the Bengals could just eat if, if Joe Burrow is perfectly healthy coming into the season, they could easily be six and zero going into that yep. bye. And then you know, you just hope you're hoping somebody lo- everybody else loses right. in week seven and you steal it with the Bengals. That's the buys and stuff make it so hard yeah. to to like slot that out. The Ravens would be kind of interesting at 13 to 1, I suppose. Um, what do we say? The, the, why the, the Panthers are the disrespect for the Panthers this year. Interesting. <laughs> I think this one, yeah. I mean, the the Chiefs to go five and oh at plus 600, I think. I mean, we already said they're going to beat the, the Lions handily. I think they could beat the Jags, yeah. the Bears. They're winning that game. The Jets, I think all of us are thinking maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be what we thought he's going to be. And then you got the Vikings. That's five right there that I think they could win at plus 600. The only game I would be worried about would be possibly the Jets uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So the, the Panthers' last undefeated team, 55 to 1. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but just for the sake of argument. Look, they get the, at the Falcons in week one. We, you like their money line. I do. They get the Saints at home in week two. The Saints at home in week two. All right. At Seattle in week three. Unlikely. That's a tricky little, that's a tricky wicket. Tricky right little there. number, right? Sure. But I mean, like, that's not like going to Kansas City. No. Um, Minnesota at home in week four. Minnesota looks like they're dumping everything. At yeah. the Lions and at the Dolphins in weeks five and six. Now, again, I see three losses on the, like, I see like three and three is totally possible. So I'm not saying they're going undefeated. They get a week seven bye. Then they have Houston and Indy at home and at Chicago in week 10. Like, if they're good, if Bryce Young is a stud, if Frank Reich is that big an upgrade, like I don't think it's that crazy. It's not happening. What are the hey, odds? I, Fifty-five to one. I'm on some Frank Reich and Bryce Young futures. So will that into existence? I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with, fine with it. Like I love that script. That script plays real well for for me paying <laughs> Syracuse tuition for someone. Uh, who will go nameless right now? Well, my daughter. Uh, thanks, financial aid, for not really stepping up. Uh, yeah, so I'm all on it, but I don't know, bro. That's it's a lot of extrapolation. Sure, of course. I, and look, I don't think the Panthers are going to run the table there. I do think I've been asked all offseason um, by like you know because I live in Carolina, and so like people are like, like "What's the deal, like Frank Reich? Like you, you know, the good coach." I'm like, "Like you don't know, you don't understand like what an upgrade Frank Reich is going to be from Matt Rule." And I Man. know people people love Steve Wilkes, like love him in North Carolina, um, in South Carolina. They like they just they think that and they for good reason. Steve Wilkes is a great man. Yeah. Uh, the the locker room loved him. He's a great he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't know if he's a great head coach. Well, I, and he was stuck with the leftovers of Rule staff. Yeah, of course. And he still did that with them. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I think the Panthers across the board are not being shown enough love. That thing was a Frankenstein bleep sandwich, and they still <laughs> almost won the division with no quarterback. Yeah. And, and half a staff. And, and now, now they got, put together an all-star staff. And like they've an all-star staff. Exponentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think the Panthers are going to go win the Super Bowl, but I, I think I think I think Panthers futures are good looks for sure. And maybe the number would be maybe you need like if you need like ten wins or like seven with seven and zero. Like again, you're probably better doing a progressive parlay than you know betting fifty five to one on on the last undefeated team. But I'm just saying that that schedule is friendly for Carolina. Very friendly. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. You're watching Pick Six. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And how about this? Get ready for non-stop action that will have you say, You gotta be kidding! Oh my, Canada. What a play and what a finish! That's a pretty good football, eh? He's gone! The Canadian Football League, Friday on CBS Sports Network. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here with Brinson and JLC. And now we are going to discuss D-Hop and Dalvin Cook's odds or what their best landing spots are. Uh, JLC, we haven't had a chance to discuss this with you, uh, but where do you think are the best landing spots for D-Hop? He's supposed to meet with the Titans, right, this week? Yeah, which I think is pretty telling. Like, did he meet with him last? Did he meet with him last week or is it last week? Yeah, like he when he's flirting with the Titans mm-hmm. and the Patriots, and the Patriots thing blows my mind because he and Bill O'Brien despised each other. Like, hate O'Brien, each other. I covered that. I reported on that. It was ugly. Like, if that's what he's selling, then he doesn't have much, right? Mm. And so, if he doesn't have much, where I'd like to see him going from a betting standpoint is. I'm kind of fringy on the Bears. Like, I think there's there's people who are probably putting sort of a little too much sort of yeah. hype on them or or fantasizing, you know, getting a little delusional <laughs> yes. with how good they can be. But if you put him there, like, in that division, and if he's motivated, and if be- because the market's a little soft, it's, it's kind of a prove-it deal. Or, you know, he can get out if he hits cer- certain things vest. Like, if he does X, Y, and Z, he could opt out. Or, you know, there's a bunch of incentives in there, too. Like, I-, I think all of a sudden, then I would start to be like, okay, if he doesn't get himself suspended, you know, if he if if he gets through a full season, he he's not a thoroughbred anymore. He never really was, right? It never really was about speed. It's just about catching everything he could get his hands on. And with the physical as he plays. And with that radius, it's pretty damn good. I, I I think you add him to that Bears mix, it would be it would be really interesting for me. Um, I just don't buy Mac Jones. I don't think Bill Belichick believes Mac Jones is his guy. Um, I don't think it it moves the needle there a whole lot. The Jets, I think Aaron Rodgers is cooked. You could put whoever you want around him. The Ravens, there's no room at that end, man. There's too many mouths to feed already. You know, Kansas City would be interesting, but I don't think that. I don't think that's where Andy Reid is right now. You know, I, 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 I just don't. Um, 
And then as for Dalvin Cook, I think we know that the Buffalo Bills are coming out and Brandon Bean's trying to set expectations, right? I feel like every time he talks to the media, he's like, hey, you know, we've done a lot of things. We've gone for it. There's going to be some bloodletting here or there. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook, there was, there's no market for any of these guys. Barkley doesn't have a market. Austin Eckler had no market. He went back with his tail you know, between his legs. Like, who's really stepping up? And at a certain point, <coughs> excuse me, if you're Buffalo, as they're constructed, and you find a way to do a bunch of voidable years, which they don't want to do because the, the, the check's becoming due on all their stuff already. But screw the salary cap. Your owner's a billionaire. They're building a new stadium for you. Be the ones to give this guy the six-plus incentives or whatever it takes. I just think you slot him in there. You check a lot of boxes. There's a lot of check downs to him, right, That in places where Josh Allen would try to do it himself before. I just think that one makes a whole lot of sense. Hey, do you think – we were talking about this last week. Do you think that – if you're like if Dalvin comes in, he would get a ton of run, but it would be at the expense of his brother. Like, wouldn't that be kind of weird? Like, you take your brother, like you roll in and take your brother, your little brother's reps from him, and like cost him, cost him his future money down the road when you've made all the money. It's for one year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be fun for them to play together. I'm sure. And if I they think, think they can win a Super Bowl together, doesn't that sort of offset it? I don't know. Would you? Would you? you, know would you take a, like, if would he was you going to see that or something? Like, like, yeah. Huh? You want that Super Bowl ring or you want that Syracuse tuition money? <laughs> I want the money, but exactly. I, nobody, I knew I knew when I was five years old I wasn't getting any rings, so right, that it immediately becomes all about the money. Yeah, no, I think I think I mean the Bills and then the Dolphins just because he's from South Florida, but and I don't want to like with the Dallas stuff, you remember when he was coming out of the draft coming in, coming into the draft, there was like buzz about like you know stuff from his, you know, like, like, and, and I don't know, you don't want to put too much stock into that, but like, w- that's what I was, I, should, I didn't do a very good job of explaining it last week, but it's like, would he then want to go back to South Florida? Like, does he, you know, does he want to be around South Florida or, you know, or would he prefer to be like up in the North with his brother? Yeah. I, I don't know. I also just wonder there's that thing is so scheme specific, you know what I'm like? They just feel like it's so plug and play. Yeah. That- he does fit you know, the he does fit the scheme he though. Fits, like he fits, yeah. but I just wonder if that's money that they'd rather add by taking on a salary on the defensive side of the ball yeah. between now and the deadline. You know, and they figure part of the reason we hired this guy is because he's bringing the Shanahan run game with us, and it was pretty damn good last year. You know what I mean? With Mostert and whoever else was available week to week, like. But again, for right trip, player, right Russ, price, yeah. How much does that market? How deflated is his market? You know, it's only yeah. June. It's hard to say right now. But I think you're right. Like both those guys may be like the, the hype. It's sort of like the, it's look, it's the big name, like former pro bowler, all slash all pro. So it's borderline hall of famer in the case of Hopkins, you know, and, and, you know, like, like fantasy football guys who were cut and it's like, well, they're just going to go somewhere. And you know, it's like, eh, they actually Maybe might not. not. Yeah. Like they might not, not by get week one. Um, uh, JLC Brady asked this question last week, and I thought it was very interesting. Baltimore Ravens, if they had, if they knew that D Hop was going to be released, do you think that they would rather have OBJ or D Hop? Oh, I think everybody knew that it was over there. You know what I mean? And could they get anything in trade? And they've made trades with them before. I know it was a previous regime, but there's no doubt in my mind they had conversations. Um, if they had their choice, you know, I, I think it maybe would be DeAndre Hopkins just because of all the medical with OBJ, but it's not like they didn't know he was probably going to become available and maybe it is just cut. Um, The problem with him though, at that time too, is 
I think what he's thinking financially is that he was going to get traded and paid. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the again, price point for, oh, the price point for, for <laughs> OBJ, while it's, you know, high for OBJ, given how he started, what, 21 games total the last three years. Um, I think at that time was south of where Hopkins thought his market was going to be. Now post-draft and no trade and just on the street, you know, it's a little different proposition. Yeah, that, that's the thing, too. Remember, when Hopkins was traded from the Texans to the Cardinals, the Cardinals immediately gave him a monster new deal. Yeah. and made well, it had the highest... hold-in, and then he, he got yeah. his $80 million or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, but it was like he was – he was – he, when he got, if you traded for Hopkins this time, you had to be, you had to understand that he was going to try and be like, give me all of my money. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. We, we, th- we look at you as like a, still a f- like a fringe. We're, you're number one. You're definitely number one, we think. But like, yeah, he wants to be paid like a one one. Which, like you said, might not happen. I mean, I do think that he will be, both of these guys will be picked up at some point, but maybe not by week oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. I, I think they'll be picked up by week one more than likely, but it's like, t- I mean, one, these guys don't want to spend time in training camp, and then two, like these teams don't want to pay these guys right now. Makes yeah, a ton of sense. All right, guys, that's going to, to do it for our show today. Thank you for joining us. JLC, make sure that you join us tomorrow for more off-season coverage. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. For everyone listening to the audio-only version, make sure you download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. This is Pick 6. We'll see you tomorrow. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.